welcome to Bring Your Own, a catch-all bookish most of the time podcast. I'm Brandy. I'm Kendra. I'm Kayla. And today we are so excited because we are breaking down our top 10 reads of the year, which has been a harrowing ordeal for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I just finished my list quite literally seconds ago. Literally two seconds before. Like literally Kendra went, okay, I'm done. Hit start. Um, (laughs) We're waiting, waiting. We're prepared over here. Kendra's not... (laughs) Listen, it was hard. And we're recording this with about little, no, like two weeks left of the year. So I reserve the right personally to change my list. Oh, absolutely. Later. <laughs> if the I list that to. you hear on this podcast might not be the same list that I post on my Instagram or on my TikTok. Yeah. So yeah. keep that in mind. I think yeah. like with the way my lineup is looking for the rest of the year, I don't think anything mm-hmm. else that's that has come out this year or will come out by the end of the year mm-hmm. will make my top 10 like everything i'm reading yeah. right now that i think might be a five-star read is an arc so i like yeah wouldn't even put it on here That's fair. but yeah follow us on instagram you guys so that you can mm-hmm. see what our actual actual top 10s are at the very end of the year but before we jump in mm-hmm. what are we reading what are we drinking <laughs> um, i'll go first i hung out with brandy this morning and our friend alice who's in town right now we got breakfast and I, we got some drinks at breakfast and made me really sleepy so I knew I had to come home and record. So I stopped off at Sonic and I got a diet cherry Coke. Um, Ooh, yum. Yeah, it's very good. And then currently I am reading or listening to the infer- final book in the Infernal Devices series, Clockwork Princess. For anyone who has read Clockwork Prince, the last like 30% of that book was like emotional turmoil and I hated <laughs> it. But I also really, really, really loved it. I thought it's so well done. Um, so yeah, I'm very nervous for this final book. Like actually gonna shit myself. And other than that, I'm not reading anything. I just finished rereading Love Theoretically by Ali Hazelwood and I think I'm gonna start Funny Story by Emily Henry. We all got the arc for it, so we're excited. So excited. I am just drinking water right now. Womp womp. I know. But I feel like I haven't drank very much water in the past like week. <laughs> Like, I just feel like I haven't. I've been drinking, like, a lot of coffee and a lot of – I guess LaCroix is technically water, but still, it does I just, you know, I just need some water. Anyways, yeah, I am currently sure. listening to Luck and Last Resorts, which is the second book in the Loveless and Fancy Ships series by Sarah Grunder Ruiz, which Kendra and Kayla have both already read and talked about on the podcast previously. Um, I've had the audiobooks on, like, my Audible account forever. I was just, like, waiting for the mood to strike, and it did, and I'm loving it. So I'm having a lot of fun with that. Yay. Yeah. Um, and then I am physically reading Bride by Allie Hazelwood, which comes out in February, I think. I don't know. Sometime next year. And I it's so good so far. I'm like giddy because I like it's a fantasy book and like in a megaverse book. But mm-hmm. I I don't know why I wasn't expecting it to be funny. But like all of her contemporaries are funny. So of course it's funny. So like it's funny yeah. and like dramatic. And I'm just I'm having a really good time. So is this your first Omegaverse like book? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I yeah. did download the fake mate because you said you uh-huh. enjoyed it. So I have that. Yeah. Thank you, Penguin Random House Audio. Yeah. So I do have that on deck. Yeah, the fake mate was my first Omegaverse book. And I had a good time. Like that one is a contemporary. So and it's very it very much reads like a rom com. Like it's funny. It's silly goofy but i had a good time it was a fun time it's a really good on audio too so definitely recommend i also have water it's the middle of the day so like i i feel like i'm a lot like brandy i don't feel like i've had enough water this past week i've had a lot of chai 
a lot of Coke Zero. So I need to <laughs> need to hydrate. hydrate a little bit this uh-huh. weekend. Y'all's piss is yellow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Radioactive. <laughs> yeah. And then, okay, I'm reading the funny story arc right now. Um, I'm 50% in. I won't say anything else about it because these two don't want to hear anything, which is fine. Totally fine. I respect that. So, and then I'm about to start, or I have started rather, my reread for Divine Rivals, one of my favorite books of the year in preparation for the second book coming out next week. I'm going to pee myself i'm so nervous and excited for it (laughs) but but yeah amazing okay we're gonna start with honorable mentions uh Mm -hmm. i have five i don't know how many you guys have i yeah i have five sort of i'll explain but yes i have five plus one okay okay (laughs) fine that's that's what i have i have five plus one Okay, we're going to start there. We're not going to go super in-depth about our honorable mentions. And honestly, mm-hmm. I think like a lot of my honorable mentions, you guys will talk. Not a lot, but a couple of them you guys will yeah. be talking about. There's definitely overlap for sure. In these yeah, days. yeah, definitely. So we are going to kind of just like rapid fire our honorable mentions. Okay, <clears throat> my honorable mentions are all amazing books. I do just want to say that there's really not a lot that separates them from being in my top 10. Mm-hmm. So just vibes. Yeah. If I had a top vibes 16... It could be yeah. in any order, and these books would be on it. So we have Good Gone Bad, Gianna Darling, which is the fourth book in the Fallen Men series. It's amazing. And then The Summer We Fell, Elizabeth O'Rourke. Mm. I read, I finished that book in Kansas City, so you know, holds a very special place in my <laughs> heart. Oh um, wow! It, you know, made me feel like I wasn't in Kansas City. Oh my god! <laughs> I couldn't pass that up. No, it was I really thought good. it was gonna be like something nice that you were gonna oh, say. Oh no, it, no. I mean, it, okay, it, was, it went the other. It direction. was a great book. It's super angsty. I, it. I love it so much. And then we have uh, Love Redesigned, Lauren Asher, which we've talked all about that book on here. That Summer Feeling by Bridget Morrissey, mm-hmm. yeah. so good. Support the gays. <laughs> you again by Kate Goldbeck, and then my sixth one was kingmaker technically the kingmaker series by kennedy ryan Mm -hmm. so those are all my honorable mentions all books that i loved and raved about this year that were just you know so close amazing great list okay so for mine yeah i i have six as well two of them are related but um the right move by liz tom ford that was in my like top at one point and i still really 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 love 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 that book but it just got knocked out as the year went on. Out on a Limb by Hannah Bonham Young. Sammy Espinoza's Last Review. I do have that in my contenders. Sorry, Kendra, it's not in my top 10. She's going to say that I hate Mexican queer people, which is you false. But <laughs> you've said it multiple times. <laughs> Butcher and Blackbird by Bryn Weaver. This one, I really, really love this book. But the reason I can't put it in my top 10 is just because me personally, I struggle with gore. And so that's the reason I, that's I can't okay. put it up there. She's in mine. Okay, yeah. And then the the last two are by Elliot Hazelwood. Check and Mate and Love Theoretically are in my contenders. Oh, um, neither oh. made it in your top ten. I'm sorry. I I listen. I'm really scared for my top ten because I feel like I'm going to be looked at sideways so many times. But I love those books. This to is be so clear. Fun. I love this. My honorable mentions. Um, the first one is Love Theoretically. <gasps> oh, my God. And you just... Okay. Ra- okay. All right. 
we'll right. talk about check and make later. We'll talk about check and make okay. later. Love theoretically was like number eleven. Like if I had a number eleven, it would be number eleven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the rest of these have no order. The Kingmaker duet by Kennedy Ryan, which Kendra mentioned, also just like hit so hard for me. I loved them so much. Mixed Signals by BK Borison was one of my first reads of the year, and it stuck with me all year. I think about them all the time. The Front Runner by Elsie Silver was like oh. a huge surprise for me. Yeah, which is the third one. book in the Gold Rush Ranch series. That one is so underrated. I barely ever see anybody talk about it. And mm-hmm. it was for a very long time until Reckless came out. That was my second favorite Elsie book after Heartless. Like, I just loved it so much. I read She of the Mountains this year, which is a fiction book by Vivek Shraya, which I've read their nonfiction before. And this was their first fiction that I had read. And it was just so beautiful it made me cry a bunch there's like a lot of talk about like how people feel at home in their bodies or don't feel at home in their bodies it's just so beautiful my sixth one which since we're all doing six i get to do six too oh. also the right move got bumped down from my top 10 as well this year yeah it's a great book that's so funny because it's it still is in mine but now i'm looking back i'm like i was like hmm, maybe i stick to your guns stick i your love guns. that book mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i wish i wouldn't have reread on audio yeah see and that's why um, i didn't want to reread it on audio I, I was literally just telling alice that in the car i was like i never want to reread it because like i don't think i would have the same magic so i'm holding mm-hmm. on to that magic of the first reread mm-hmm. i think i will read the rest of her books physically physically mm-hmm. yeah forever okay now we're starting <laughs> at 10 okay i'm gonna jump right in at 10 that's okay with you guys and yeah. we're gonna round robin everything i'm so excited okay now this one might surprise you guys because i haven't talked about it that much and because i just recently read it and it kind of snuck up on me i don't know why you guys are like looking all confused because you're like you're over there blushing like. Yeah, you're like, no, no no i'm not blushing <laughs> i don't like, mean to blush I, i'm just nervous no no no. it's not at all like that trust me um but my 10th book is one that I read on audio. It's The Unmaking of June Farrow by Adrienne Young. Oh. Yeah, I know. And I think it made it into my top 10 because, like, the more that I thought about this book, the more I liked it. And, like, I just couldn't really stop thinking about it. It kind of snuck up on me. It This book felt like a Christopher Nolan movie, but, like, written and directed by a woman, you know? Mm in a good way I mean that in a good way but it's basically I don't want to like give too much away about the plot or anything but it's I guess like the main gist of it is like basically about how like love can cross all boundaries even time and like the main theme of this book is love but it's mostly familial love and so there's like really strong relationships between mothers daughters etc grand grandparents the women in this book are like really strong and really protective of each other and like it's basically about how like no family is perfect um and there are moments where they kind of hurt each other in the process of trying to love each other and seeing i guess the love between the mothers the daughters granddaughters grandmothers etc portrayed in like such a profound and kind of realistic way was like very touching to me and the romantic love there is romantic love in this book but that that was also just as touching and emotional to me as well so if you like strong family bonds uh small town mysteries magical realism and very unconventional 
second chances at love, then I would definitely recommend this book. I don't know that it would be for everybody, but personally, for me, I really, really liked it. So that is my number 10. Recommend on audio as well. Audio is very good. Slay. I don't have grandparents, so I just don't think it'll be for me. <laughs> okay. All right, fine. That would be a TikTok thing. <laughs> well, oh my, my grandma God. died. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. My number 10 is Check and Meet by Allie ha- Hazelwood. Mm-hmm. And this book just like makes me smile every time I think about it. It's her YA debut about two chess rivals, one of them who's like a multi-world champion and the other who's kind of like coming up out of nowhere, like re-entering the scene after time away. But they're both basically chess prodigies. And I just ate it up from start to finish. I read it months ago. I've reread it since then on audio. And the audio is also incredible. I just like, Mm -hmm. I don't know why I don't read more YA romance because like the purity of like first real loves is just so beautiful to read about when it's done well and I thought it was done so well in this one in the way that chess is used as a metaphor for their relationship and like the ways that they struggle in their chess game are similar to the ways that they struggle in their relationship with one another and like the ways that they like complement one another and respect one another so much is just uh really beautiful i also just really love Mm. that it was super sex positive and yeah i don't know it just like Mm. it makes me smile every time i think about it so that's why checkmate is my number 10 my number 10 is the right move by liz (laughs) Dunford. i'm honestly sure i didn't make i mean i i get why i didn't make it into y'all's top 10s but i was like guaranteed it was going to um this book is a brother's best friend fake dating slow burn a little bit Mm -hmm. romance and I think the reason why like I couldn't not include it is because I love Indy Iver so much I think she's probably the best thing that Liz Tom Ford has ever written she was just such a refreshing character and it's not just because I like related to her a bunch like I think that's not the case like she was just someone that I would want to spend so much time Mm -hmm. with and like seeing her be such a good friend and a good partner they were hot and like the things that they do for each other it was just so nice and like Kayla and I binge read that book in like a day and like the bubble that that book put me in was just so sweet and yeah it was great yeah it's one of the few books that we like besides the Magnolia Parks books I mean that we played like highlight roulette with like we don't do that with a lot of books but we did it with that book so yeah there's just so many good moments all right on to number nine ladies okay my number nine is The Ballad of Never After by Stephanie Garber I read a lot of great fantasies this year and so expect to see a lot of that on this list this is the first one. This series I read starting in September. I know I was late, but even though The Curse for True Love like wasn't my favorite, I still enjoyed that book, but it's not my favorite. The Ballad of Never After will always stick out to me as just like a great book. I don't think how this series ended took away from my love for that book, which is that the is first or the second good. one? It's the second book in the okay. series. I just think that The first book felt very much like set up. This one really felt like things actually started to roll and things that were actually happening. And it's Stephanie Garber's best, like the best thing that she's ever done is create Jax. (laughs) And Jax is just such an interesting character. You're so drawn to him and everything that he does. 
and he just like is the shining star in this whole series and especially in this book and the way that this book ends too is so to me it's so heart-wrenching and it was just it's definitely one of those cliffhangers that it was like you know need the third book now and things better work out otherwise you know I'm always going to jump off a bridge yeah and and also it like we I have I've said this before about like the cruel prince the cruel prince has some of the best fan art out there Ava and Jax and that series, their fan art too, like just really helps you like get into the whole vibe of everything. And I think that that also really helped me just further enjoy this book. So shout out to all those artists out there. But I love this book. It fully engrossed me from start to finish. And I I love it so much. And none of those, neither of these people have read it and they probably never will. Will not. (laughs) You didn't have to say that because I already know that. But thank you. (laughs) Sorry. My... Number nine uh, is Love Redesigned by Lauren Asher. Mm. This book just like blew me away. I have enjoyed all of her books that I've read, but this one I was like, whoa. Like it like, mm-hmm. I especially just like with how well the audiobook mm-hmm. production was done, the production and the acting. Yeah, it was just like so, it just like warmed my heart, like engaged from the beginning, like from the car crash that happens in like chapter one. I was like in it. So Julian and Dahlia are childhood rivals who are now both back in their hometowns from different circumstances now as adults and they haven't really spoken much in recent years, but their moms are still best friends and are like forcing them to work together on this project and it forces them to kind of confront all of these things that they left unsaid in the past and unresolved and yeah, I don't know. It just like it, I just thought it was so well done, and I thought she set up the rest of the series so well. As a series opener, it was so good because mm-hmm. sometimes with series openers, just like info dump, info dump, info dump, like. Mm-hmm. But it didn't ever feel like that. But I still felt like I had a really cohesive view of like what was going on, what's coming later, like the town dynamics, and uh yeah, it just it was just really good. So that's why it was my number nine. Yeah. I think I'm. I- I know for sure I'm going to do like a best audiobooks of the year post. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, me too. I'm making this list was so hard because I'm like, sometimes the audiobooks are so good. And that is by far like 100%. Top, yeah. Top one of the best audiobooks ever. Mm-hmm. My number nine is Lizzie Blake's Best Mistake by really? Maisie Eddings. Why are you shocked? No, I'm not. I love that book. I just didn't think that it would make your top 10. That's not a bad thing. Oh my God. Just go. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I picked this book up because I had thought that Brandy had read it because it's um surprise pregnancy, and I was like, yeah, I saw it on Libby, and I was like, yeah, I think Brandy read this, like, and I think she liked it. It wasn't Brandy who read it; it was our friend Izzy who had read it. I don't know why, like, Gotham confused, but Izzy also really liked it, and I just went in only knowing that it was going to be surprise pregnancy and like nothing else, like nothing about Lizzie's characterization and that she had ADHD and that she um, had a very like ableist mother and seeing Lizzie's like journey throughout this book I just thought it was like very relatable I don't have ADHD but I always find myself like really like relating I don't have diagnosed Mm -hmm. ADHD but I've always found myself relating to like neurodivergent characters specifically female main characters and I just feel like I just saw so much of myself in Lizzie especially in her dynamic with her mom my mom is 10 times better than Lizzie's mom but it's like I have gone through so much with her and seeing that represented in a book I just felt so seen and I love Lizzie and I'm just so proud of her and I really love the conversation Mm -hmm. around like her 
being this person who was like always seen as like chaotic and um unstable and you know what does that mean for a person like her to like enter motherhood and I just thought it was so well done and I love her and I love their friend group um because I thought that was also really well done because like their friends like are kind of bitchy but like in a loving way we're like yeah. you're gonna do something stupid I'm gonna call you out for it and Feels I think realistic, it was like the best yeah. friends yeah um and like the the audiobook I thought was just so well done two great narrators and like you get a hot Australian guy like who's just like obsessed mm-hmm. with her and it's hot as fuck like they started yeah. fucking like right away and did not hold back and I was like this is fantastic so <laughs> that's my number nine all right number eight ladies okay i'm scared for this one because y'all are gonna look at me sideways you're gonna piss me off I can you've been saying right that now. every time no 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 okay but the last okay the last two you guys haven't read and so like you know not as nervous but this one oh, I, I know put, what it is i put georgie all along as my number eight my <laughs> kate claiborne Oh my god, why are you laughing? I'm laughing at your reaction. You're like scared to say it. I am scared. Why is Kendra laughing? I'm just laughing because like the way that I like read that book and like completely forgot about oh it. Oh my like, god. <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm about to talk about how much I love it. I'm so I sorry. I'm so on sorry. any of yours. No, I, li- I liked it. I liked it. Mm. I liked it. Me Sounds too. like compared it. To Bra- compared to Brandy, Brandy I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For me... This book deserves a spot because of Levi Fanning alone. I know Brandy hates him for some reason. Oh, my God. But- you're so dramatic. <laughs> I did not say that. Anyway, what can I say? I love broken boys. And he is a broken boy. But, like, for real, though, I think that this book is great for a, a lot of different reasons. You know, I think it, you know, is really important for people who have, you know, tough relationships with their hometown or more... I think more people can relate to um, when you don't grow up to be who you thought you would be or your wishes that you had as a you know kid don't come true. You know, things like that. Figuring out what your place in life is. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. And so I really love that aspect of the book when it came to Georgie's character. And this is also one of those books where I really felt so heavily the emotions that every character like main pov i mean that is like what they were going through and i was just rooting for them both so so hard and i just i really love them so much i read this book near the beginning of the year in the first quarter of the year and i don't know i just haven't been able to stop thinking about levi specifically and his relationship with his family and kind of the journey that him and georgie went on together and i loved them both so much and it's okay that neither of these two women loved it as much as I did. I have enough love in my heart for all three of us. Thank you. And he yeah. appreciates it. Thanks. <laughs> my number eight is Damaged Goods by Talia Hibbert, which is book 1.5 in the Ravenswood series, which is her lesser known series compared to the Brown Sisters. Um, because I think the rest of her books are standalones. Don't quote me on that. But this book just like holds a really special place in my heart because I started it when I was still living in Los Angeles and I had to like put a hold on it. I got like literally five pages in. I had to put a hold on it because I was packing and moving. I was doing strictly audiobooks for most of June because of that reason or rather July. And then I got here. I was here by myself. My boyfriend was like at home visiting his family right after we moved and 
I was just kind of like sitting in my emotions about like moving across the country. I don't know, whatever. It just like I I think about this book and I think about like where I was in my life at that point. You know what I mean? Do you have books like mm-hmm. that? Yeah. So this book just like holds a really special place for that reason. But also it made me feel so many emotions very, very deeply. Laura, who's our female main character, is pregnant. And she once she found out she was pregnant, she decided that she needed to leave her abusive husband um, who had been like mostly mentally and verbally abusive their entire marriage but also it was starting to get scary at the end physically so she left and ran to her family's beach house where she used to vacation every summer when she was a girl and she runs into Samir who was like her first love her first kiss her first like they lost their virginity to each other like it was like their first everything when they were teenagers and it's just like so beautiful the way that Samir immediately like sees her and is like I like it falls back into that role of just like wanting to love her and not even necessarily romantically at the beginning like he's just like she's alone and pregnant like what what the fuck like I want to like be there for her every step of the way I want to go to doctor's appointments with her I want to make sure she's eating what she needs to eat and he's a chef so like it's just really really beautiful um a really beautiful healing journey on Laura's end and that epilogue had me like boohoo crying <laughs> so mm-hmm. love that one kayla and i have not read it we have not i would love you too i think it hits harder if you read the first book in the ravenswood series i do think all those books are worth reading i haven't read the last one yet but um okay my number eight is check in mate by ali hazelwood <laughs> i loved this book so much and i think a lot of the books that ended up making my top list um were books i had read physically and there was just something I, I always love it when I it's just like me in the book. And when mm-hmm. it was me reading Check and Mate, it was just like me in the book. And I remember I <laughs> would get up, I go to like cycle and I would get up, get dressed super fast and then time myself and be like, OK, how much time do I have to continue <laughs> reading this book until I have to leave? And mm-hmm. I would always get to like the last possible second because like I could just I just like could not get enough of them. I used to read a lot of YA back in the day like three years ago and this to me like just felt like such a good representation of the genre as a whole and I think that's like not like an easy thing to do um and it still felt very fresh too which again is not an easy thing to do in a genre that is like so overly saturated with so many different Mm -hmm. themes and stuff but I just thought Allie Hazelwood killed it I love Mallory's family so much I love her sisters I love the way that she revealed information in that book as well like I just thought everything was really well done and I would love to see her do more young adult novels because I think she also really nails like a teenager's voice without it being like so cringy like you read books and you're like mm-hmm. I can tell they don't talk that way yeah yeah like wrote this as what they think but like listening to Mallory and her friends talking about like what they watch on like YouTube and TikTok and none of it came off as like corny or lame mm-hmm. I was like yeah of course like they're talking about this stuff and I just I loved it and like Brandy said it was like yeah. very sex positive and yeah such a charming I, book like I was charmed yeah. by that book she has another YA book already slotted Okay, yay. Oh. I'm excited. I feel like, Kinner, you really went through, I mean, I feel like a lot of people did, but like you went through like an Allie Hazelwood renaissance this year. Yeah. Yeah. I made a TikTok video about this. I thought that oh, I really? just, yes, well, not that, like a renaissance specifically, but uh-huh. like I went on such a roller coaster with her books this year because yeah. I thought um, The Love Hypothesis, because I loved that book when I read it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I just like was 
fell into the hype and like I really enjoyed that book yeah. like I because I did not like Love on the Brain and I thought the novellas were just okay so I was like right. oh like the Love Hypothesis was like a one-hit wonder for me like that's mm-hmm. awesome but like now with Love Theoretically and Check and Mate and what I've read of Bride like being so consistently yeah. good I'm gonna read whatever she writes forever I know same I didn't read Love on the Brain but I read all the novellas and I I was the same way I really liked the Love Hypothesis when it came out and then like after a while everybody was like this wasn't that good and then I was like oh maybe they're right (laughs) I I just like fell into like the group think I guess of it all you know yeah and then yeah and the novellas were okay like they weren't that bad but they were fine so I never read love on the brain but yeah love theoretically no love on the brain you don't need to read it oh yeah no I probably won't read that one all right what are we on number seven seven yeah, number seven. Okay, my number seven is You Again by Kate Goldbeck. I really like this book. It kind of took me by surprise. I actually picked this book because I had, I don't have a book of the month subscription anymore, but I had just like leftover credits. And so like every now and again, I'll check and see what they have just so I can, what I can spend my credits on. Cause it's like, it's, it's a free book. They're not getting mm-hmm. my money anymore and it's a free book. Well, I may as well. Right. And I saw this one. And so I grabbed it. It, it was an early release, but I didn't end up reading it till after release. I actually ended up just reading it on audio, not physically, even though I owned it physically. I kind of fell in love instantly with this book. I know that it's, this is going to sound silly because it's, the, the premise of it is sort of based on a movie anyway, but it really <laughs> does feel like a movie. When, like when mm-hmm. I, It's like a movie. <laughs> um, that's how it felt like in my head. And yeah, just the the very long time period that this book's like takes place over it didn't really feel like I don't know when you were reading it it didn't feel super long as in like it wasn't super drawn out and everything because I feel like if it takes place over that period of time you know it can feel you know long or it can feel even choppy when you're when you're switching time periods all the time like that but it didn't feel like that to me and everything felt so natural and um, I also thought that with Ari, the queer and like, I guess poly rep in there too, because they were kind of in like open relationships with some people. Well, at least at some period she thought she wasn't, but it ended up <laughs> that way. Um, but uh, I really loved that too. And I just thought Ari was such a unique character that you don't really see that often in books. And so I really loved that. And then just her and Josh- Josh's journey from like strangers to enemies, you know, to friends, to lovers. I just... Oh my god, like it makes my heart like so happy yeah. just to think about. And oh. I just there's so many moments in that book that come to mind that I think about all the time. There's a couple of scenes that I like just re-listen to all the time. So um okay. I just I love that book so much. And I just for sure good. recommend it on audio. <laughs> my number seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no. What is The Winter King by C.O. Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Shook it's not higher. I could not justify putting it above everything else become, that comes above it. But I fucking loved this book. <laughs> I begged we Kayla know. to read it. And she thought it was okay. But I love this book. If this book has no fans, I am dead. <laughs> it is the first book of the Weather Mages of Mistral series uh, in which there are two warring kingdoms, the Summerlanders and the Winter Kingdom. When the Winter Kingdom wins, the Winter King wants to broker... Uh, long-lasting peace so he wants to marry one of the summer king's daughters the summer king has a daughter who he hates because his wife died as a result of her magic so he's like yeah take camson it's like a marriage of convenience like enemies to lovers it's 
so fucking good. I thought the magic system in it was like so well done because it was elemental magic. So they can control like different aspects of the season. But like, I thought one thing that was so unique about this is that like Kamsen has very poor control over her magic. And that plays a really large part of the plot is that like she summons storms on accident. Like when she gets pissed because she, because she controls storms. There's just so much in it. I like for me personally, like my romanticy heart was like beating so hard because there was so much good romance in it. So much good fantasy in it and I loved it on audio it definitely won't be for everybody that's why like sometimes when I recommend a book and like these two will tell me that it was just okay like that fucking hurts when Kayla said that this was just okay I was like that's fine that's fine (laughs) so (laughs) my friend destiny our friend destiny is currently reading it and loving it which feels good Izzy also read it Izzy love it it? yeah Yeah. Izzy loved it yeah Yeah, it's so good so it's my number seven makes me want to reread just talking about it Okay, my number seven. Uh, you got, I love how nervous I, we all look seeing her numbers. No, we're like, okay. Well, <laughs> mine is nervous just because, like, I'm so sorry. This is a tie. Um, uh, but I think I'm so sorry. I, you, they to- I told them I was going to do a tie, and they told me I couldn't do it unless I took away a number, but I'm not going to do that. And once I say what uh, the books are, I think you'll be, I think you will understand why I tied them. And I think it makes sense. <clears throat> mm. My number seven is a tie between How to Fake It in Hollywood and Will There Won't They by Ava Wilder. I think that is a fair tie, in my Just opinion. Just because they're written same by the author. same author. Same author. I don't. Anyways, <laughs> I, 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 I could not not have both of them, and I think I love them equally. I know you two are like, that's so fucking stupid. Like, that's fucking Hollywood's probably, like, the worst book y'all read all year. Oh, God. my God. Anyways. <clears throat> I read How to Fake It in Hollywood in January because I saw our friend Bernie post about it a lot last year. It was one of her favorite romances. So I got it on Libby um, for my Kindle this year and like went in completely blind. I just knew that it was fake dating. And oh my God, I was just so like captivated by both Ethan and Gray's journeys romantically. I'm not going to go too far into it because we did do a whole Defend the Book episode about it where I just shower that book in so much love and praise um and then Ava Wilder had a second book come out this year called Will There Won't They that follows um another set of actors and I don't I can't even like put a lot of tropes it's like workplace enemies to lovers I guess but second chance but Mm -hmm. even like trying to like tropify that book like doesn't do it justice to me Mm -hmm. like it's just it's just so good and I think Ava Wilder is so wickedly talented and I just really love both of these books and they cemented Ava Wilder. It's like an autobi author for me. And both of these books just made me feel so, so much. Um, and mm-hmm. I am just so excited to see whatever she does next, even though her new release does not come out until 2025. But she is, she's steering away from Hollywood romances, which I'm really excited for. Cause I was like, I kind of hope she doesn't do that. And like, you know, I think she's done a good job, but like, I don't want her to get like pigeonholed into like only yep. writing about like celebrities, but yeah. So the, that's yeah. my number seven. Love. Will there one thing was really good. It was. I, I will be rereading book. that next year. Yeah. Shook it didn't make any of y'all's honorable mentions. Oh my god. Kinder, <laughs> <laughs> we read like 150 books this year. What do you want from us? On to number six. My number six is The Seven Year Slip by Ashley Poston. I love this book. This is one of the few books that made me cry real tears this year. For that, like, alone, I feel like it deserves a spot. And I know, to be fair, the part that actually started to make me cry, I was, like, tearing up towards the end of this book. 
there's like a very specific part that made me tear up but i actually started crying when i read the author's note um that like really hit hard for me um but this is one of those books that like when i was reading it i like remember being like now this is a romance book (laughs) i was like this is why i love the genre so much like it's just you know I know we're always like this had me giggling kicking my feet blah 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 but no like this really had me like giggling kicking my feet like I was so like giddy about these two and I just thought everything about it was so engaging the way that you know you were figuring out what was going on kind of at the same time that Clementine was and I you know was like trying to like put the pieces together in my head and you know just kind of going along with the mystery and I just I loved everything about Clementine and uh, Ewan's relationship and I mm, I love them so much I just had such a great time with this book it was very unique and uh, I can't wait for her next release too that cover is gorgeous mm-hmm. so I'm very excited to see what she does next so that is my number six love my number six was Belladonna by Adeline Grace <laughs> At the beginning of the year, I was reading a lot of good books, but I wasn't reading a lot of great books. And then in March, I read Belladonna, Slay. which I think is a great book. I, I think it's a great book. <laughs> yeah. The audiobook sold it for me, but I think even if I eyeball read it, I would have loved it as much. It's gothic fantasy about a girl who cannot die and her relationship to this personified death. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I thought I, I was like giddy. Like I would send Caleb voice memos of me just like giggling while I was reading this because I just loved it so much. I thought the magic in it was really unique. I thought the mystery of it all was really engaging and I think about it all the time. So loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm going to beat your ass. <sighs> uh, my number six is Sammy Espinosa's last review oh my god this book is just so fucking good like it follows a woman named sammy who has just gone through a pretty like rough breakup with a singer of a band that she was following and she's a music critic and so she was like giving the band like kind of like fake reviews in order to like get in the good graces of her ex-girlfriend um so she her that put her job on the line so in order to get back in the good graces of her job she promises them that she can like get an interview with this guy named max ryan who lives in her home like her sort of hometown so she returns to her hometown and is like hoping to run into him and they had a thing in the past so she's thinking that she can use that to her advantage but then when they run into each other again he does not remember her it hurts So you kind of just go on this journey of them like reconnecting and it's not just her reconnecting with him, but it's her reconnecting like with her best friend who lives in the town and some family that she has there. And I just thought it was just so well written. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. one of those books where I'm like, holy shit, like, how did you put that sentence together? Like, how did you like craft that? And I thought it was just so well paced too. And the family dynamics throughout this book are so good and like done in a way that is like so like unique to me Mm -hmm. I was just like in complete awe at like what I was reading and it is a romance I definitely it's one of those I like can straddle the fence of like romance and women's fiction but what Mm -hmm. I love is that even though it straddles that fence I think it does both of those things really well because like as much as I was invested in Sammy and her story I was like oh Sammy and Max Ryan like what's going on and they were just so 
good for each yeah. other um and so well done and this is this author's adult romance debut and i thought they just like knocked it out of the park and it has like really good representation in it like sammy is a, a pansexual mexican-american woman who i think is very assured in her queer identity but doesn't feel as confident in her mexican mm-hmm. heritage for reasons and you get to really unpack those and it's just yeah. phenomenal and it's a quick read so that was yeah. my number six all right we're in our top five now Ooh. okay <laughs> my number five is yours truly by abby jimenez i well we all read this as an arc uh mm-hmm. late last year and we didn't include it in our like top books that year because we read it as an arc and so I wasn't going to originally because I was like oh I read it the year before but I had to include it somewhere because I love this book so 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 much and you reread it this year and I did reread it this year you're so right Abby is an autobi author I think for all of us she just has this ability to write such dynamic flawed fleshed out characters and she's this is gonna sound so cheesy you guys but she just really makes you like feel the deepest emotions that I feel like I've like almost ever felt reading a romance book like I felt like their pain their frustrations their love their struggles their happiness like everything that happened to these characters I feel like I felt and I know that you know so many people can relate to uh, Jacob and his anxiety I think that for a lot of people that was really the first time that they had seen a character with his anxiety written in in that way. And so I think, you know, a lot of people, myself included, can really relate to that. And I think Abby as an author has just gotten better and better with each book that she's written. And I'm just like so excited to see where like she goes next. I mean, we know that she has Just for the Summer coming out and I am ecstatic to read that one. I'm so, so, so excited. It's a gorgeous cover and I think it's her best cover yet. Yeah, yours truly, number five. Jacob and Brie, love them so much. Love them so much. I do want to say I put them as yeah. an asterisk on my last year's top 10, so they, I did not include it in this year's top 10. Otherwise, it would have been in there. My number five is Butcher and Blackbird by Bryn Weaver, which is just one of the most unique books I've ever read. It's having yeah. its moment right now. It is blowing up. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for her and for everybody who gets to read it because I love that book. Uh, the audiobook is one of the best audiobooks I've ever listened to, which if you would have told me before I listened, oh yeah, here's an audiobook narrated by Lucy Rivers and Joe Arden. I would have said, yeah, you're so right. (laughs) (laughs) I would have said, that's hilarious. It's so good. It is so, so, so good. Yeah. I love that. I listened to it. And then four days later, I listened to it again because I just, (laughs) I missed them. It is a book about two serial killers who kill other serial killers. So what's that show? Dexter? Mm -hmm. Like that kind of vibe. They meet in person, realize who the other person is, and then decide to form this like friendship and have this like competition basically about who is going to like reach their next target. All the people they're killing are like horrible people. It's funny. It is gory. It is swoony it is gross like it is all of those things and that's why I just think it's so unique like I would be like cringing one second and then giggling the next and then tearing up the next I just think it is so well done my number five is Life's Too Short by Abby Jimenez wow 
Yeah. Um, Kayla said, wow. <laughs> no, I just, I, I wasn't, no, I'm just like, I love this hearing everybody's yeah. top. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I love hearing because I like just didn't know that that would make your top 10, but I'm happy Kayla's for you. texting on the I side. Like, that. I thought Kendra had taste. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this book completely took me by surprise because Life's Too Short is a third book in Abby Jimenez's Friend Zone series. And I DNF'd the Friend Zone because I was like, this is not good. It's her debut. So it's like, whatever. And then I read the second book in that series. I f- am forgetting the title. And again, I was like, there is good Happily stuff in this. After playlist. Yes, that's the title. Mm-hmm. It just like wasn't, it just wasn't my favorite. And at the end, I was like, hmm, whatever. And then I, I read like Part of Your World, Yours Truly. So I gotten through like all of her backlist for the most part, except for Life's Too Short, because I was like, do I want to read like another book in the friend zone and like it not be like good? Uh, but I got the audiobook on Libby and it's narrated by Mr. Zachary Weber. And I'm forgetting the girl's name, but I mentioned it. We did like an audiobook episode in season one and I use that as my like example. And that audiobook, phenomenal. Like, 10 out of 10 so good amazing performances on both sides the female narrator i need her to do more like Mm -hmm. books that we read she does like other like more literary fiction books i'm like no like do more romances (laughs) but yeah follows a girl named vanessa whose entire family on her mom's side for the most part has had uh als and they've all died before they've hit the age of 30 and she is nearing 30 and um she has for the past couple of years tried to live life to the fullest and she started a youtube channel to like chronicle like all of her adventures and so now she's like this really popular youtuber but then her sister has a baby and like leaves the baby with her so now she's back in her hometown in minnesota like watching her sister's kid and she lives next door to this like overworked attorney who like really only cares about his job but then they just like enter each other's orbit and you see them go from like strangers to friends to lovers in a way that felt so just like natural and like evenly paced Mm -hmm. and the conversations around like to me around like terminal illnesses were handled just so well and there's like a quote I know we said we're gonna do any quotes but there's just one quote that I think about all the fucking time from this book because Zachary Weber delivers it so well and he goes just because you don't recognize the fight they choose doesn't mean they're not fighting I was like, Abby Jimenez, how the fuck did you write that? Like, are you kidding me? That is just so good. And I love that book and I love them. And I think about them all the time. I re-listen to it a lot too. It's like such a comforting audio book. Um, and it is my second favorite Abby Jimenez book. So, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say when we met Abby at the Bonanza this year, you you said that quote. You were like, I love mm-hmm. this quote. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, sure. So, yeah. I know how much you love I that just- one. I, it's just it's so good brandy's face yeah. and i said it was my it is it is i know i just think like, i'm such a yours truly i know that yeah that's my third favorite my number four okay so since kendra cheated i'm gonna cheat a little bit but i'm not cheating the same way that kendra is my number four is the shepherd king duology okay by rachel gillick so it's a duology so it's two books it's not two separate books by the same person okay but they're <gasps> set in the same universe connected. they're literally set in the same universe oh my god there's cameos right. anyways sorry anyway <laughs> <sighs> these books are I don't know why I struggle when people are like oh what are these books about I'm like it's a like there's just a lot going on but mm-hmm. to me even though there is a lot going on I feel like Rachel Gillig writes it in such a way that I don't know it's not 
at least for me, I didn't find it super difficult to follow. Mm -hmm. I think that the magic system in this story is so unique. It basically follows this girl named Elspeth who has this quote-unquote sickness, essentially, in the town of Blunder. And um, if you have this sickness, you're, you're supposed to be put to death. But her family kind of hides her away. There's also these things called providence cards, which are basically the magic system of the of this whole universe. And I just think that the magic system of this series to me feels very fresh and it feels unique. Now, I'm sure that like other people have done similar things, but to me, I think that the way that it was done in this series was very unique. And this is also the author's debut, which That's I crazy. was so shocked by. Like, I just was like, this felt like a seasoned author to me. And just the characters, I love, love, love them so much. There's basically this, like, this band of, I guess, like, misfits, almost. There's this group of people that are kind of, like, the secret rebellion, and I love every single one of them. The second book mm. in this series took a turn that I wasn't expecting, and I was really happy about it, actually. And there's multiple romantic relationships in this series which again i was kind of surprised by and i loved each one and there's also so many unexpected friendships that i really really grew to love as well and once the series was over i was like wait no like i just i wanted so much more like i could read about these people forever and i am obsessed with all the main povs i just uh, i love those people so much so that's my number four. My number four is Reckless by Elsie Silver. Heartless made my top 10 last year, and it felt like that book was, like, written for me. So I just thought that there was no way that any book that Elsie ever wrote – because, like, I read Powerless after I read Heartless, and it did not hit the same. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, like, I'm just, like, a Heartless girly. Like, nothing's ever going to top Heartless for me. Yeah. Then we all read Reckless very yeah. close together, and I love that book. It is my favorite Elsie mm -hmm. Silver book to this day mm -hmm. yeah it's just so good uh, the audio is pretty good but I physically read it first and I'm glad I did it's just so sweet it follows Winter and Theo who have a one night stand and then Winter ends up pregnant this is not really a spoiler so on the back of the book Winter ends up pregnant cannot get a hold of Theo there's some miscommunication that happens but then when Theo finds out that he has missed all this time with his daughter, he is like distraught and wants to do everything in his power to make it right. Um, so the yeah. book kind of follows them, like trying to figure out what their relationship is going to look like as they try and co-parent. It's so good. I love it. It's so good. I know that this book is like going to be on all of our top tens. So I'm curious to see where it lands on Kendra's. Yeah. Oh my God. Watch me be wrong. I'll be so embarrassed. I'll also be shocked, but go ahead. My number yeah, four is Seven Years Slip by miss ashley Poston and kayla already like pretty much gave a rundown but yeah i listened to that book on audio as i was driving 18 hours by myself in the middle of the night from san antonio texas to los angeles california <laughs> it's like 2 a.m i'm getting to like the climax of this book and i'm like gripping the steering wheel like trying to fight back tears i just thought it was so <laughs> freaking good Brittany Presley, I think, is such a good narrator. She's become, like, if I see her name on a book, I'm like, okay, I'll listen to it because I just know that she's going to give, like, a really solid performance no matter what. And I thought she did such a good job. And it's just one of those concepts where you're like, this is just so fucking cool. You can put any two characters, any couple, and then see what they make it out. 
could they survive, mm-hmm. you know, one mm-hmm. being seven years in the present and one being seven years in the past. And yeah, it was just really unique for a romance book too. So it was mm-hmm. just, it was yeah. a good time. And there's just a scene from that book that I think about all the time. Like anytime someone reads it, I'm like, oh my God, do you know that one part when, and every time, like, ah, oh, so good. And it's my first book by that author too. Yeah, same. There's so many ones in, or moments in that book where I was just like grinning ear to ear like my my smile was so big he calls her lemon oh such a good nickname (laughs) all right top three i feel like now that we're getting close i feel like i know i know what brandy's top is kendra i don't know what her top top is but i know what's for sure gonna be i know for sure two books that she's gonna say next but i don't know what her top top is i know one that she's gonna say i cannot think of the other my number three is Reckless by Miss Elsie Silver. That book, yeah, I won't say too much. Brandy's already talked about it. But yeah, that book is just like pure happiness to me. It's my favorite contemporary this year. I, I just like, I don't know. I can't think of anything that I didn't like about that book. I loved every single second, every single page. I love Theo and Winter and Vivian. I love their little family. I would read about them doing anything. And Elsie Silver is the queen of tension. She's one of the best sex scene authors out there. She's just like it's it's true. Like she's just so good at it. She's talented. And none of none of it feels cheesy or forced. Um, I just yeah. There's not much else to say. I love that book so much. That's my number three. So good. My number three is The Devil You Know by Elizabeth O'Rourke, which mm-hmm. is the third book in the Devil series. And I've read this book four times this year. <laughs> really? I thought it was like two or three. No, I four. I didn't know it was four. Cover <gasps> to cover, four oh times. Yeah, I listened to the audiobook and I was obsessed. So then I listened to it on a Monday and then I listened to it again on Friday. Uh, and I one date it both times. I just adore this book so much. I listened to it again later in the year and then Kendra annotated a copy for me for my birthday so then I reread it physically to do that to read the annotations and it follows two lawyers Ben and Gemma who got off on the wrong foot on literally day one of working together and you watch it happen they get off on the wrong foot years of just like small snipes back and forth and like just like trying to get under each other's skin but in a way that's like always has an undertone of flirting with it for mm-hmm. the most part, especially from Ben's end. And this is all told in Gemma's POV, which I love. I think it serves the book so well that it's all in her POV. But I just think it's just so funny. I think I've realized that I love when women are commitment phobes in books. I think it's so fun for me to read. Uh, Gemma is has daddy issues at the wazoo. Uh, she really doesn't trust men. So when Ben makes it clear to her that he is interested in being with her in a real way, uh, she's like, no. So they do a friends with benefits thing for a while. It's a whole thing. And it's so good. Uh, highly recommend the audiobook. It is narrated by mm-hmm. Samantha Brentmore, who is one of our favorite narrators uh, as a whole for the pod. And I think about them all the time. Do you want to do your Samantha Brentmore impression? No. Oh, I love her. <laughs> I, I love her. She, she's not incredible <laughs> at male voices. But her like acting loaning. makes yeah. up for it. That's the yeah. thing. It's like her acting makes up for it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Especially yeah. in sex scenes. Oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I didn't enjoy any of that. 
my number three is also reckless by elsie silver such a good time it's my favorite book in the chestnut spring series mm-hmm. um i think she was on crack cocaine writing it so <laughs> yeah i'm serious like <laughs> she sprinkled it in there. It coming no dead ass so i was like <laughs> this is different like something <laughs> is different and i like could not put it down and i thought she just did accidental accidental and secret babies so mm-hmm. well because i think it can, it, sometimes you read it and you're like there was no good reason for that man not to know about that kid you know like mm-hmm. but yeah i just i loved it and i loved winter's story i think she did a good job building winter up from like when we first see her in flawless to like her journey and reckless you're like ah oh, so proud of you girl agreed yeah. can i just say that my top two can be interchangeable honestly i think my top five can be interchangeable but my top two especially can go back and forth i just want to put that disclaimer before i say what they are today got it okay who wants to guess what my number two is i feel like it's easy belladonna belladonna yeah belladonna by adeline grace i where's fox club besties so much i love the belladonna series by adeline grace (laughs) um (laughs) Yeah, I did like Belladonna better than Fox Club. Like, I think I rated Fox Club four and a half or 4.75, and I rated Belladonna five. I I mean, I, I love this series. Like, what can I say? Brandy already kind of talked about it as well, so I won't say too much. But I don't know. I listened to this in January, and, I mean, my love for it has not diminished at all. Not one bit. Even though Kendra likes to try and tell me how – bad death is or something ridiculous i didn't call him bad i call him she will not break me down she will not i i will stand on how much i love that man slash not really a man anyway it was just so atmospheric and kind of like spooky but i was like giddy and giggling throughout like i just i love signa and death so much and i love the story so much the world that adeline grace kind of crafted within the series and I cannot wait for Wisteria, despite all the negativity Kinder throws my way. <laughs> no, I'm excited prevail. for you. I'm glad that you have something that you enjoy. Then will you leave me alone? No. Okay. That's what I thought. My number two is Yerba Buena by Nina LaCour. Wow. Solid. I read this book very early in this year and still to this day when I think about it, like my stomach hurts. Like I adore this book. Um, It is shelved as a romance book, but it reads extremely heavy women's fiction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is a sapphic story about Sarah and Emily, but I would say that this book is way more about their individual journeys and Mm -hmm. how those two journeys like weave in and out of each other's lives versus them like, like, it's not their story. It's Sarah's story and Emily's story in a book, in my opinion. Yeah. Sarah and Emily, neither of them have had easy lives. And so there's a lot of healing that happens throughout the book. A lot of learning about how to exist with a partner in this book. I think the thing that affected me the most was Emily's relationship that's with the person that we see that's not Sarah in this book. Like, that affected me so, so deeply. And I think, like a lot of women who like maybe like had like relationships that were like a little questionable when they were younger would like will feel really 
mm-hmm. deeply affected by that story as well. Yeah. I just love them. I loved their flaws, which is like, I'm not somebody who's like, who loves, loves, loves a flawed character. Like I, I accept a lot of characters flaws, but I'm not somebody who's like, I love that they were kind of shitty to people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I like loved Sarah and Emily's flaws. And I think that's just a testament to Nino Kors writing. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that she like showed me, why they are the way they are and how they're trying to better themselves and like do right by the people they love. It's just such a, such a beautiful book. And thank you, Kendra, for telling me to read it. My number two book. And like I said, it can be interchangeable. I don't know what your number two is. My number two is the heart principle by Helen Wong. This book was annotated for me by my friend Lomi and I don't know how she, I feel like she just read it and like knew like, oh, this is Kendra in a book. I'm just going to send, that's why I want to like annotate it for her and send it to her. Anna as a character, and I said this earlier, like talking about Lizzie, like I just always find myself gravitating towards neurodivergent characters. Like honestly, I should probably go like see mm-hmm. a therapist. <laughs> um, um, but Anna struck a chord in me that was like, I didn't even know, like I knew it existed, but like seeing it on a page just felt very surreal and like from all fronts like especially like the relationship that she has with her parents and like she has to become a caretaker in this book and I've never had to experience that but I have like witnessed it a lot firsthand because my dad is often the caretaker for people in our lives and like she's a caretaker for her dad yeah. in this book and she's such a daddy's girl that, and yeah. I'm such a daddy's girl and yeah seeing her like find love after because at the beginning of the book she's like in this really shitty relationship and seeing her like get out of that and then find a guy who just like adores her and like wants the best for her and stands by her through like any and everything because she goes through some like pretty like tough shit in this book Mm -hmm. and there are just images that I like will have on repeat in my head like from little things that they're doing if it was just them like hanging out like watching tv to like the more dramatic stuff of them having to like comfort one another and even like the male main character kwan like his story is also just like so well done i just thought helen huang did such a beautiful job and really read me to filth at times <laughs> that part was not always fun i just remember sitting on my couch just like crying like getting through so so much of this book and it's just a really beautiful heart-wrenching yeah. story and helen where are you at it's been a few years Let's I, get to work. Yeah. girl please we miss you i listened to this book on audio because kinder told me to read it and there is one scene in particular that i think of at least in the audiobook i think i was in public when i was listening to it and i was like fighting back like having tears in my eyes like my eyes welling up because of the way that it was being performed I don't want to say too much, but it's near the end of the book. And yeah, she, yeah. it was just so well done on audio. And um, it was a great book. Yeah, and I think anyone good. dealing with like burnout in any yeah. shape, mm-hmm. form or fashion and like someone who's a people, ple- like you guys know, I talk so much fucking shit about happy place because Harriet's supposed to be this like people pleaser. And I, when I tell you that I have read so many books that feature to me more like how authentic can a portrayal be of a people pleaser, but just features so many other, in my opinion, better portrayals. And I think Anna is one of the strongest ones because she's just trying to please everyone in her life. And granted, like she does have the, she is like neurodivergent. She has autism and like her, like realizing that and how it like puts her at ease, but then like also like sort of like throws her out into like a place that she's never been before. 
I just thought it was so well done. We are here, number one. I know. What I yours think is. I know. Well, I know what both of yours is because just by deduction, it's <laughs> easy to figure out. But yes, let's all say it together. My number one is Divine, Divine Rivals, Rivals by Rebecca Ross. Uh, <laughs> I love that book with my whole heart, my body, my soul, everything. I read this book in uh, May, about a month after it came out. I actually read it when I was on vacation. And I remember I was just like going through it. I wasn't going through it, you know, as quickly as I normally would because I was on vacation. But I was just like going through it. I was like, oh my God, wait, this is good. Oh my God, no, wait, this is really good. Holy shit, this is a great book. You know, like, and yeah, I finished it on a plane actually. And I was just like, you know, like freaking out listening to it. I almost listened to the entire thing with my husband because we listened to it on audio as we were like going back and forth driving on vacation. And so he he was also listening to it with me um, when we were reading. But yeah, I feel like I don't really need to say that much about what it's about because I feel like everybody knows, but it is about two rival co-workers, Roman and Iris, and they're basically vying for this spot where they work at the Oath Gazette. Iris is writing letters to her brother who is off at this war, this God's war, and the letters she uh, doesn't know, but they're being intercepted by uh, Roman, her uh, rival co-worker, and they basically just start exchanging letters and it kind of goes from there. But yeah, Rebecca Ross is just a very special author to me. She's she's very lyrical in her prose, and I just think that the way that she weaves her stories and sets up her characters just speaks to me personally and I've I loved her elements of cadence duology but this book cemented her for me as like one of my favorite authors like probably top five if not top three for me I'll read anything that she puts out I've read four books of her backlist now and Ruthless Files comes out next week I cannot believe it's shocking to me and I get to see her in January and I'm gonna pee myself I'm so nervous <laughs> slash excited yeah, and I mean, there's not much else to say. I love this book so much. I've talked about it ad nauseum, so that's my number one. My favorite book of the year is Out on a Limb by Hannah Bonham Young. Yep. Shocker. Shocker. Yeah, I've been saying that since August when I read this book. <laughs> oh, God, it's embarrassing. Like, it makes me emotional how much I love this book. I was the last of the three of us to read it, and I don't know what took me so long, but once I did, I just, like, could not put it down. It is so special. The feelings of like a warm hug are what come to mind. Mm -hmm. That book is a slice of life, very low stakes in the best way. In just that these are two people who have an accidental pregnancy who are just trying to figure out what is their life going to look like now that this is what is going on. The disability rep in it is just really beautiful and comes from a lot of Hannah's lived experience, which she talked about on the podcast with us. We did mm -hmm. an episode with her. Uh, it was really beautiful to talk to her about it as well. But the love that Bo and Wynn have for each other as friends before it turns into anything like really romantic, uh, it makes me emotional. The way that they are each other's like biggest cheerleaders in like the smallest ways possible. I think about the scene all the time where this isn't a very big spoiler, but where Bo's dad is visiting and Wynne comes home and talks about the takeout guy. Do you remember that part where she's like telling Bo like, oh yeah, the takeout guy came and he sat inside the cafe again. And then 
in Wynne's internal monologue, she's like, these are just small things that Bo and I have that like if anybody else like saying it to his dad sounded stupid because this is like something that we talk about. Like, it's just not a big deal. And I think that is just like so like those kind of moments is like really small moments that are just like really realistic for people who are in love was just like really, really beautiful to read about. I love them. I love their family. Yeah. I love that book. I read it a couple times this year. I'm going to reread on audio sometime either this month or next month. So yeah, that book will forever Yay. be very special to me. Aww. Any guesses, guys? Love Have Theoretically you- by Allie Hazelwood. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> My favorite thing is Love Theoretically the by Allie Hazelwood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and like, Okay, I think the reason why I, like, loved the little Allie Hazelwood journey that I have gone on this year is because I think it's very easy for an author to present certain things the exact same way every single time, especially, I think, when it comes to, like, sex. And so I think having the juxtaposition of, like, a character like Mallory who from Check and Mate who was like, I love sex I love fucking like I it's just a release for me like I love doing it all the time and then having a character like Elsie who is older than Mallory she's like 27 and is like I have only really ever done that for like to please others and that kind of feeds into like she's a people pleaser or whatever I know I haven't even given a description yet but I think what Allie Hazelwood is doing in her work is just astonishing from that point of view. And I think it's amazing because I think you hear people say all the time, like, oh my God, like sexuality is fluid, but then you don't get to see that represented unless it's like a very, um, I don't, I don't know how to even like classify that, but I think she does a really good job of showcasing it across her work and the fact that they're like all in the same universe and stuff. So when I was reading love theoretically and I was just like watching Elsie's thought process around dating and relationships and like seeing her fall for this guy I just I just saw everything interconnected so well and I feel like I'm not even like saying this like right but I just I just every ever since I finished love theoretically I just keep thinking about Elsie and Jack I cannot get them out of my fucking heads they are physicists and elsie is interviewing for a job at the school mit where jack is like the head of the physics department he's an experimental physicist and she's a theoretical physicist however there is a conflict of interest because elsie is jack believes that elsie is dating his brother with but we know that elsie is fake dating his brother so it's like you have all these like just moving pieces that i think ali hazelwood slotted in perfectly like it's just such Mm -hmm. a good ass story but yet still very simple and like very funny and it's really 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 hot do you guys know what kenner always says like she'll just be like sending me a voice memo and and then randomly she'll be like isn't it so crazy that Jack came out of his stomach? <laughs> she like, she loves it's, that part. It's so I mean, I do too. But yes, I don't. I don't know. I I feel like I'm not even doing a, a good job, like descri- like describing my love for this book. But like, I what I was talking about earlier, I think is like the main reason why I am just like so attached to it. Um, and there's like a, a really good conversation about like being on like the ace a romantic spectrum, and like how that's like represented differently between the two character between two characters and. 
it's just really good. And Jack just loves that girl down. Destiny's Child wrote the song Cater to You for Jack himself. Like, he just wants to take care of her. And he pushes her still to, like, be the best. Like, he doesn't, what's the word, like, infantilize? He doesn't infantilize her in any way. Mm-hmm. But, like, just recognizes, like, this is a girl that, like, just needs to, like, be taken care of. And I want to do that. Like, he's his fantasies are, like, cooking for her and, like, driving her places. And I'm like, that's so fucking hot. And I think as, like, someone, like, I live alone. Like, I have to do everything by myself all the time in terms of, like, taking care of myself and making sure that I get fed. Like, putting gas in my car, like, doing everything. So, like, see that, like, a man in a book, like, oh, no, I want to do all that for you i'm like that is my that'll be my perfect man so that as of right now like i i said i think heart principle and love theoretically could like switch around so easily but those are my top two number one and who who would have thought ali hazel would be would be coming in strong no um especially because it happened really late it happened late in the year for you yeah yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i I have this thing where, like, if I read an author a certain way, like, it's not for every author, but for some authors, if I read them a certain way, I want to continue reading them that way. Since I read Love Hypothesis physically, I was like, I'll just read Love Theoretically physically. And again, it was like that uh, another moment where it was just me and the book, mm-hmm. and it was so nice. And I was just like in my bed, like, kicking my feet and smiling and being like, LOL, girl, you're being a little too loud. Shut the fuck up. And then <laughs> just love, oh my God, guys, you know the scene that I think about? It's when. It's towards the end, and Elsie's, like, recapping, like, a typical week in their life now as, like, they, they've been dating now for, like, eight months. And she and George get their paper published in this magazine, and at night, she's brushing her teeth, and Jack comes up behind her, and he's like, you're the most magnificent thing to, like, ever happen to me because he's just so proud of her and, like, the work that she's doing. Oh, my gosh. And it's, it's like a sentence. It's a sentence that that is contained to. And it's just so good. I think Allie Hazelwood writes men obsessed in uh, just the best way. In yeah. a way that, uh, with the exception of Love on the Brain, where it read creepy <laughs> to me. I think she re- writes like men obsessed so well. I love yeah. it. And like you said, like in a way that like, well, I didn't read Love on the Brain, but in a way that isn't like creepy and like isn't doesn't make me feel like a child mm-hmm. and like seems very reasonable and like fits the characters and like yeah and i like that the fmcs are like also just very like aware of it and like how like nice it is to like have that how much like they need that in their lives and it's so good and again elsie another people pleaser that i just think was done really well so harriet you can suck it you have so many people outdoing you and it's crazy yeah. no it's it's literally it. crazy yeah. you want to talk about a mirrorball girly elsie mirrorball mm-hmm. girly and a son mallory yeah oh I, I mean i've told you guys this a million times the best book i read this year is not even on this list and it's know my name by chanel miller but i'm not going to talk oh. about it but like by a landslide, the best book I read. I just didn't want to include on this list because that it's like nonfiction, very different story, and mm-hmm. like, but it will change the way you view romance. And I think that's probably why a lot of these books did end up on that list because I was view- mm. viewing them through the lens of me having read that book. So I mm. don't want to pressure you guys to read it. Obviously, I don't think that's a book you can like pressure people into reading. But if you ever do decide to read it, I will be here to talk all about it. Thank you. I would love to read it. It is a lot. It took me a long time to get through it. The audio is fantastic, though, truly. Because she reads it herself. 
Well, that was fun. I love how different our lists were, but there were like some crossovers. Yeah. Yeah. Reckless is the only one that made all three of ours. The only one, really? Well, check check in. Well, all three, I guess. No. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's true. Kenner didn't hate death so much. Well, if Brandy That's actually crazy. likes Seven Years Slip. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to make it not, <laughs> get all not of us. just you. Is there one that both? It, no, never mind. I was just gonna say, is there one that both of you had that I didn't? Yeah, check in, mate. But that, but that one made it my made my honorable mentions at least. Yeah, yeah. I love that it's different though. That we're not like all the exact same. Otherwise, that'd be kind of boring, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Keeps boring. the group chat fun. Keep yeah yeah exactly. Keeps things interesting. Keeps things interesting. Yeah, and we did make a collective top 10 for the pod that we'll post um, on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. Making that was so fun. A lot of these made that list. A lot of them did not. It was yeah, fight. there was a lot of them that we could not <laughs> try and convince you on. Yeah. Get on. Yeah. <laughs> this is technically our season closer. Uh, we're going to be taking mm-hmm. a little break over the holidays and into the new year. Mm-hmm. But we will catch you in early 2024. Ooh. Yes. I can't believe that we started this podcast this year. Yeah. Feels like we've been doing it for a long time. It really a does. Longer than that. And and it was in like March too, so it wasn't even like at the beginning of the year. I'm so glad I get to oh. do this with you guys. Me it's too. Been a good Makes me 2024. Thank you all for listening this year. Yes. Here's to so many other good books coming in 2024. There are so many on the release slate that we're all so excited for it's gonna be a good one it's gonna be a good year i love you guys so much oh my god i love you too Bye. bye